What's going on, everybody? This is Nick, and I want to welcome you back to another week of Vantage Point Podcast. I'm so glad you all are here, whether it's your first time or your 15th time or you've been with us since we started. Definitely, again, welcome back. And as we go into this week, I just want to first off start by wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, I know this holiday is going to feel a little different than once in the past, but I want you to know that God is still on the throne. He's still in control, and he has a purpose and a plan for your life. Um, and even though, again, this is a wild year, so, so much to be thankful for. And I just want to share a little bit for myself. You know, first of all, I'm thankful for my family and their love and support on everything that I'm doing. Um, I'm also thankful for everybody who's listening to Vantage Point Podcast. You know, when I look at the metrics and I read the reviews, it's just further confirmation uh, that God is moving and that, you know, this matters to him and that I'm just honored to be a bridge for you and him. So I definitely encourage you to share, continue to stay with us, even as we go into 2021, a lot of exciting things coming um, as well. And then after next week, we'll be finishing up um, Seasons Part 4, and then we're going to go into our final series for this year uh, called Perspectives. You don't want to miss it. It's an all-guest uh, life life series, and it's going to be amazing. Got some awesome people lined up, so you definitely don't want to miss that. Um, but I definitely want to stick in that same mindset um, of gratitude, and I want to encourage you to do something this week. I want to encourage you to write down some things that you're thankful for. I mean, really just take a moment Remind yourself of that list. Write it down wherever you need to write it um, because we're in this series right now. We've been in called Seasons. Um, and I said it earlier in the series, but that, you know, right now we're all in different seasons of our life. And, you know, whatever that looks like, it's always vital to stop and give thanks and remember and remind ourselves of those things that we're thankful for and grateful for. So definitely want to want to encourage you to do that and leave you with this as well before we transition into the message of the episode. You know, that Psalms 118.1 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Um, and if there's literally nothing else you can be thankful for, the fact that you're still here, the fact that you're still breathing and living is enough to give thanks to him. And so um, just wanted to just really felt the need to give you that encouragement before we jump into week three um, of the uh, series that we've been in called Seasons. And so again, thanking everybody who continue to share uh, these episodes. And, and I know, like I said earlier, God is moving in this series. And I'm telling you, this week will be no different. And so just want to recap a little bit from uh, last week. Uh, we actually looked at the book of Job um, and unpacked some key things that help us um, as we experience seasons. And so last week was heat check. Um, and we asked some specific questions um, looking at the our, looking at the seasons of our lives. And one of the, the first things we did, we, we explored what we feel in that heat um, and, and the gained uh, what we gain from um, understanding in our seasons, we have to speak boldly and honestly about what we're going through and holding on to them does us no good. Then we ask the question, who is with us in the heat? Uh, we discovered through the life of Job that, you know, we have to be aware of the people around us in our seasons and, and, and know that everyone 
um, that we know and, and everyone that's in our lives are not built to handle or experience or even walk with us in every season that we go through. Um, and from there, we, we answer the question, whose are we in the heat? We know that we belong to God, even in the toughest seasons, he hasn't left us. Despite all of what Job experienced, God was still with him. And then lastly, in week two, we looked at what what did we gain from the heat? What did Job gain? And we see that he his season, that tough season he went through, spurred his humility, the undeniable fact that God is in control. And through his tough season, he experienced a new season with growth and increase. And, you know, in doing this series, one of the things I heard clearly from God was that the series had to focus on the tough aspects of seasons. Um, you know, and I think for, for most of us, including myself, that seems to be where we lose sight of God the most are in those difficult seasons. And if you even look back at your own life, or even when I look back at mine, you know, we pray the most, we seek God the most, um, or we have a firmer understanding of God in these great seasons. But when we get to these seasons, um, you know, or it's challenging or, or loss or anything at all, we, we, we get shaken and sometimes we forget some key things um, that can help us navigate these seasons. Um, and, and, and for week three, uh, I wanted to take a minute and focus on another uh, biblical character and dig into what we can learn from his life. And I believe through the life of Noah, uh, we can uncover some key insights into our seasons. And so for week three of seasons, the title is Don't Forget Your Dot, Dot, Dot. So if you're taking notes, you're writing things down, it's the title is Don't Forget Your Dot, Dot, Dot. And before we jump into the points and everything, I want to just unpack a little bit and get some insight into who Noah is. You may have never read the story of Noah in Genesis. You may not know who I'm talking about, or you may very well know who I'm talking about. Um, but when we look at the book of Genesis, we actually see Noah mentioned the first time in Genesis 5.29 as the son to Lamech. Um, and something interesting, I don't think I really ever noticed before in it, um, was that when Lamech, when, when we are introduced to Noah, uh, verse 29 actually says, um, he named him Noah and said, he will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. The name Noah actually means rest and peace. And what we find in the coming chapters is that God is going to use Noah for exactly um, his name, meaning he's going to be bringing about a peace and ultimately the new start of the world in the midst of God's judgment. And just a little bit more about Noah. Uh, we, we know he had three sons mentioned in the same uh, chapter, but in verse 32, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Uh, we also know that he was married, um, although we don't know his wife's name. We do know he, he is married. Uh, we also see at the beginning of chapter 6 that Noah like Job, had some similar similar qualities. And in Genesis 6, 9, it says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. I mean, right away, we can establish, right? Noah knew God. God knew Noah. And, and Noah walked with God. There was a relationship they had. And I want you to hold on to that, that key point right there because it's going to bring us through this whole uh, journey, especially when we when we get to thinking about things that we should not forget in our seasons, because there is a relationship there. Um, 
and, and we understand that in these seasons that we experience, we really find out the kind of relationship we have with God. And so, you know, here we have God um, in this in this part of Genesis, and he's he's ready to write off the world. He's ready to kill everything off. He literally tells Noah in verse 13, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. The message translation reads it like this. It is the end of the human race. The violence is everywhere. I'm making a clean slate. Again, God is literally, he's ready to wipe out the entire planet and everybody on it. Um, and, and if you study that, you know, if you're like me and just kind of questions start popping into your mind, just to give a context, I, I you know, I wanted to search like how many people what were on was on the earth at that time. And, and there's so many different, um, when you look at different theologians or different research, um, some say there were more people on the earth than it is right now. Some people say it's a lot less, but needless to say, there was a, a large number of people inhabiting the earth um, at that time. And what we know, um, again, from the words of God is that we know the earth was filled with evil as, as God said, um, and, and I want to make a point that, you know, Noah was not perfect. We know this and if we, as you read deeper into his, his life, more so in Genesis, you start to see that Noah was not perfect. Um, but in comparison to those around him, he was with God and looked at as blameless to, in, in the eyes of God. And then the next seven verses uh, told to Noah will literally set his life on a different trajectory in a new season. And I want to dig into that and read from that. Uh, Genesis 6, 14 through 21 says, um, build yourself a ship from teak wood, make rooms in it, coat it with pitch inside and out, make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. Build a roof for it and put a, put in a window 18 inches from the top, put in a door on the side of the ship and make three decks, lower, middle, and upper. Verse 17, I'm going to bring a flood on the earth that would destroy everything alive under heaven. Total destruction. But I'm going to establish a covenant with you. You'll board the ship and your sons. Your wife and your son's wives will come on board with you. You are also to take two of each living creature, male and female, on board the ship to preserve their lives with you. Two of every species of bird, mammal, and reptile. Two of everything so as to preserve their lives along with yours. Also get all the food you'll need and store it up for you and them. And this leads me to my first point um, of, this, of this episode, and it's don't forget your obedience. And when you think about it, in, in our seasons that we go through, obedience is, is absolutely necessary to navigate that season. In, in the scripture we just read, God gives Noah probably one of the more specific descriptive pieces of instruction he gives anybody. Um, and this is more in reality to uh, the ark. And I mean, God gives him the type of wood, how to coat it, the exact measurements, height, weight, um, all uh, height, width, uh, length, all of these things. Um, and, and Noah knew exactly what to build, how to build it, what to use. 
And, and when God, think about that when, or, or think about in your own life, excuse me, when, when is God giving you a specific instruction in a season? You know, where was your level of ob- obedience? Um, I want to also point to something very interesting and, and, and some might say mind blowing, like and pay attention to verse 22. Um, and, and it's in Noah's response to God. And I want you to hold on to the question is when God, you know, what did you, what was your response when God told you and gave you instruction? Because we're about to see Noah, um, give one of the most profound, insightful, seven words, according in the message translation, it's seven words that solidifies where his obedience was and where, where ours needs to be in our season. And it says Noah did everything God commanded him to do. Everything, yes, everything God told him to do. And when we look at obedience, like what is that word? And, and, and the word is actually rooted from obedient, uh, which means being submissive to the restraint or command of authority. And, and, and what we all need to realize is God is in command during our seasons. And when we fail to be obedient in those seasons, we get trapped into this rebellious state, right? We want to rebel against the very thing of God. We want to rebel against what he literally placed us in to grow. That's what our seasons are. They, they are opportunities for us to grow. And if you literally put yourself in Noah's shoes for a moment, just think about it. God just told him, God just told you, I'm ending everything on this planet except you and your family. But before that, I need something from you. I need you to construct the vehicle that's going to save you, that's going to protect you, and that's going to get you to the next season that I have planned for you. But first, I need you to do these things. And I just wonder, like, as Noah's standing there listening to this, and yes, we know he was obedient, he did everything God commanded him to do, but he's still human, he's still flawed, and I could imagine there might have been some fear, there might have been some some worry, um, but even for us, like, that would have scared the mess out of me um, initially to hear, I'm about, to, I'm about to end the world and everything in it except you and your family. The last thought would be, let me go do this. But Noah, in the face of his most challenging season, said, I understand, and I'm going to do it. You know, it's in his obedience that he's literally about to embark on something he's never done. You know, Noah was a farmer by trade. He wasn't an architect. He wasn't a shipbuilder. But he's literally about to construct something larger than him, bigger than him. Um, And here's a key to that obedience. When we're obedient to God's commands, it unlocks doors we never would have imagined possible to open. Imagine what you could build in a season with just an open ear and full obedience to God. Literally, Noah built an ark. That in terms of today, when we think about it, the, the ark was as long as a fo- one and a half football fields. It was more than 50 feet from the ground, which is about a four-story building. It, actually, in Kentucky, 
um, someone actually built a true to size replica of Noah's Ark. You can actually go there and see this thing. I encourage you just Google Noah's Ark in Kentucky and you will see this true life size replica of what Noah's Ark um, was. And Noah literally built this. And the dude was 500 years old and he built this ark. I mean, that that alone just is mind-boggling when you really think about it. Um, but but again, building something bigger than you takes obedience, but it also takes something that most of us would care not to deal with, which brings me to my second point, and that's don't forget your patience. Um, patience is, is associated with time, and, and when you look at the Bible, um, we, we see that the ark took time to build. I mean, when we meet Noah, he's 500 years old. But if you look at Genesis 7 verse 6, it says Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came on earth. Now, again, you 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 do a Google search, you start to see and read um, books from theologians and other people. They believe that it took Noah anywhere from 50 to 100 years to completely build the ark. You know, God literally placed Noah in a season of building for almost a century. Like, think about that for a moment. Like, Noah knew the flood was coming. God had told him that uh, when he told him about his plan. So he knew the flood was coming. He knew what he had to build, but God never told him when the flood was coming. He never told him how. And, and when you think about our seasons, you know, we don't know when our seasons will end. We don't know when they'll begin, but we do know they're going to come and we do know they're going to change. God literally in his wisdom gives us this confirmation of seasons and how they operate, right? In Genesis eight twenty two, it says, for as long as the earth lasts, planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never stop. You know, we may not like winter, um, and, and, and sometimes, depending on what part of the country you live in, I know I'm in Oklahoma and it's hard to tell sometimes, but we don't know exactly when winter will come or end, but we do know it's going to come and we do know it's going to end and, and we know we're going to see different seasons. And, and when you think about patience, like how do we have patience in season, you know, especially difficult ones. And, and, and one of the things that I kept going back to, I keep going back to, is we, we have to rely on the confirmations God gives us. I mean, look at Noah. What confirmation did he get in his building season? Because that's exactly what that was. That century was a, was a season of building. And, and, and what confirmation could he rely on to know the flood was coming? I mean, God literally supplied him with everything he needed to build the ark. The animals coming to the ark was confirmation. Noah was commanded to build the ark and bring the animals with him. Even the way God brought the waters, that was another confirmation for Noah. I mean, he had been waiting on these flood waters for almost a century. I'm sure there were days, again, not a perfect man. I'm sure there were days where he thought it's never coming. Like like many of us think, like this this will never end. I'm going to be building this forever. I'm going to be dealing with this forever. But Noah literally took every confirmation God sent to affirm his patience and obedience that they weren't in vain. And, and even one way to look at patience and, and, and through definition, it's the ability or willingness to suppress rel- restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay. 
You know, patience in our season doesn't mean you don't have annoyance with God. It doesn't mean that you're that you're not, you know, comfortable doesn't mean you're comfortable with his timing. We talked about that last week with Job where we he lamented or he told God how he felt. He told his friends how he felt. You know, we can acknowledge it. We can acknowledge what we feel, but we can't live in it. And we have to shift our mindset to another focal point when we get into those where, we, where our patience is starting to wear thin. And that leads me to point three, which is don't forget your faith. Hebrews eleven seven says, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He, he was warned of something he couldn't see, and he acted on something he was told. What was the result? His family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. Hebrews literally, it def- Hebrews defines faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And faith, it's literally settled confidence of something unseen, but promised by God. So think about it. Without faith in the promises of God, it is impossible to please him, right? And so Noah, Noah's faith is rooted in that trust. It's believing the words of God. It's acting in obedience to those words and ultimately walking that thing out. And so the seasons we go through, we've mentioned it so many times, we know they're unknown to us, but they're not unknown to God. He is literally the chief orchestrator of our lives, including the seasons we experience. Our faith is tested when those seasons come. But but the questions are, do we believe the word of God and do we act in obedience to those words? You know, I mentioned this in week one, but I remember the beginning of this year, I had this plan for Vantage Point. I mean, it was laid out. I was going to do this in January, do this in February, do this in March, do this in April. And literally in, in, a, in a time of prayer and fasting, God intervened and gave me specific instructions on my next season. And I literally had to hear the word of God. And then I had to be obedient to that word because God, what God wanted from me in that season at the beginning of this year, he wanted me to connect with him in a different way. He didn't want me to build. He wanted me to grow internally. He wanted me to establish a deeper relationship with him. And, and, and ultimately, it was a check to see where my faith was because there, you know, did I think like, man, God, is he ever going to give this back to me? Will I ever get this again? Will I ever record another episode? And and literally, God knew what he was doing because everything that has happened this year um, in Vantage Point, for Vantage Point, my episodes, the series, all of that thing literally came, all of it, um, even what we're doing right now, um, stemmed from those four months of study and prayer and then ultimately revelation. Um, and, and just like Noah, those were things not yet seen. I didn't see that, um, in the way I was looking at it. So when you think about it, you know, Noah had never seen a flood before, you know, he, he literally only had the word of God to go on. And, and earlier we talked about the relationship God had. I told you that was so important. And and so that the whole conversation about I'm ending the world and I'm going to bring a flood and all that wasn't the first conversation with God. 
and and I will say in the midst of your season, like if you have relationship with God, know know that that wasn't your first conversation with him. And if it is your first conversation with him, I'm, I'm going to give you a hint. You can even take it from Noah. Like you can walk in faith for things not yet seen. Like God is a keeper of his word. And, and, and you know, for, for people that might be a new believer or even people that have been a believer, long-term believer, we know faith might seem crazy. Like it, it, it's something that people, most people don't really understand. And, and I'm sure people that were watching Noah um, build the ark, like they probably thought he was crazy. Like, but here, like literally the dude is like building this massive boat in the middle of land. And I'm sure everybody's like, dude, what are you doing? But here's what I know about faith. And here's something I, I've learned in my own walk. Like, you know, you're walking in faith when you care about, when you care less about the uninformed majority, AKA people, um, and more about what God said. And so, so take this thought, like notice how God in his master plan for this ark, the height, the width, the length, the wood, all of those things, he never mentions a helm. And, and for those that don't know, a helm is, is literally the steering wheel for a boat. Um, and, and I just want like, put it into context, like the faith that it took to build the ark and then take it to another level and the faith that was needed to ride the ark. Like literally, um, Noah was on this ark for a year. Like he is on the water. He is on a, this ship in the middle of every uh, nothing water all around him. And, and, and he's on there for a year. He has no ability to control it. He has no ability to direct it. And, and, and a lot like us, this is a reflection of us going through a season. Like you got the, again, the entire earth is flooded. And, and even in uh, Genesis seven twenty two, it says the water covered the highest mountain on earth, rising more than 22 feet above the highest peaks. So Noah and his family, they're on this ark, all this water. There's no timetable because, again, God didn't tell them when it was going to happen. He didn't tell them when it was going to end either. So Noah has no way to control the ark. He has no way to control the water, and he has no way to leave the boat. And so here we are in a season we can't control. We don't know when it will end, and the waters are rough. What keeps your faith? Like like what keeps you rooted in that faith what keeps you focused on what can what what things not yet seen right and i'm going to challenge you and i'm going to answer that question with a question what did god promise you what did god tell you right we go back to genesis 6:18 after god told noah what was to come and and he said but i will confirm my covenant with you so enter the boat you and your wife and your sons and their wives what keeps your faith in a season is the promises that god gave you for that season and and that's what we have to hold on to that's what keeps our faith and, and think about it what was the last promise god told you what did god tell you about you that can help you keep the faith of things not yet seen. 
Because when you think not yet seen, that means you just haven't seen it yet. God totally has seen it. You just haven't. And, and when we literally, the Bible is filled with promises that we can stand on, promises that allow our faith to grow and allow our faith to be grounded, even in the toughest seasons, you know, and, and Noah held on to that promise of God and, and our ability um, to hold on to that faith and get to the other side of that season, it l- leads me to my last point and, and, and one that you definitely cannot forget because it's so vital, just like everything else, but it's don't forget your worship. And, and let's, let's just recap Noah right now. He was made aware of God's plan to destroy the earth, He's, but he knew his family would be spared. He built an ark for almost a century. He rode the waves of God's wrath for a year. Like that, think about that. Like, yes, he was on the water, but he, this was God's wrath. This is God's judgment. So here is Noah in this ark for a year. And now the waters have receded and God gives him new instructions. And in Genesis 8, 15 through 19, it says, then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife, and your sons and their wives. Release the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply through the earth. So Noah and his family left the boat, and all the animals came out pair by pair. We literally have Noah spending a century of his life, the last century of his life, in some wild seasons, and he finally steps foot on land. It's been a year since he stepped foot on earth, on solid ground. And and, and when you think about that, like all of this has happened and now he is here. He is at, he's on the other side of that season. He's on the other side. And what does he do first? Like what's his first thing that he does? And, And what we see in verse 20, it says that Noah built an altar to the Lord and there he sacrificed as burnt offerings the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice. I mean, Noah could have did anything at this point. The world is his and his family. He's, they are the only eight people on earth. He didn't jump off the ark and make plans. He didn't go rebuild the world. He didn't go be fruitful and multiply. His first response out of his challenging season was to go to God and worship. Like, I I really feel, and I know I can speak for myself, like too many times we get bogged down in the weight of our seasons. We forget to praise God. And that could be in the season. That could be coming out of the season. Sometimes we're just so thankful to survive the season that we forget to give praise to the one who helped us survive the season, who gave us the tools necessary. Like our worship cannot take a back seat to the season we're in. Um, and, And I really think about Noah and I think about being in his shoes and stepping on solid ground for the first time since the since the floodwaters came like i would be like it would be a whole reflection full circle point for me i would think about the years spent building i would think about all the naysayers and all the people that mocked and laughed and and, and the waiting and the patience that i had to 
to go through. I would think about the waters and sitting on the boat every time a big wave came or something else happened that shook the boat. And and I had those moments where I didn't know if I was going to ever get off this boat or get out of this season. Like literally the weight of that moment, stepping foot on earth again, coming out of a season that almost that I thought was going to take me out. Um, the, the weight of it, it wouldn't have been just a, a thankfulness and gratitude from I survived, but it literally would have been just in this awe of God and who he is. And, and, and really for us, as we close this episode, like this piece of Noah's narrative, I, I think serves as, as a reminder for all of us how to navigate seasons. Like, Difficult seasons have a way of throwing us off, namely because I feel we we lack the awareness to know when they are coming. And, and when you think about it, like one of the first things that we are told about Noah is that he walks with God. And, and when you have a relationship with God, the focus isn't on when the season will come or what type of season it is. The focus is on God. And I really feel like that when you have that established relationship like you can you can know what your focal point is when it comes to seasons. And even in, in John 16, 33, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world or you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And, and, and whether we see a season as difficult or prosperous or good or bad um, becomes less of a priority the more we grow with God. Because, again, there's a promise right there. We know we're going to have trouble and difficulty will come, but we know that God has a plan for us. He has overcome those seasons and that we can grow intimately in him with every season especially the challenging ones. And I just encourage and pray for everybody who's listening to this, for whatever season you are in, that you don't forget to be obedient to what God says, that you don't forget to have patience through these seasons and and, and have faith and hang on to what God has promised you. And don't forget to give him the worship. Don't forget to give him the praise. Don't forget to give him the adoration and honor that that is so deserving of him because he's the one that gets us through these seasons. He's the one that orchestrates it and also gives us a way um, and gives us the tools and gives us what we need in the midst of these seasons. And, and, and there is so much more um, in every season that we go through that, but but what can I tell you? But I can tell you that there is much more on the other side of those seasons when we when we focus on God and when we seek him and when we have right relationship with him. So I thank y'all um, for rolling with us again another week. Again, I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday and we're going to see you next week as we close out this series called Seasons um, and we kick off in December and we, and we roll out 2020 with a bang. So thank y'all so much again. God bless, and we'll see you next week on Vantage Point. Mm-hmm.